Do you need to be a student here? No, you can just... No, you Something just stung me. Hello, and welcome to The Stinger. The Stinger is from... Uh, I hate it when I mess up the flipping intro. <laughs> keep it in. You don't have to keep it in. Hello. Now, 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 now that you said it, we're definitely keeping it in. A third time. Hello, and welcome to The Stinger, a part of the SB Nation of Podcasts, a project of AtTheHive.com. I am Zachary Brown, a writer at The Hive, and I am joined by the commissioner of AtTheHive.com, Jonathan DeLong. Jonathan, are you more of a Adam Silver or a David Stern as a commissioner? I, I would like to say Adam Silver, and I'm making. I feel like I'm making my my presence felt right away by pressuring you into leaving in the bloopers and stuff, like I always do when I do podcasts. Therefore, you are David Stern. Understood. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're going to own your mistakes and make and put them on display for everybody to see. It exactly, exactly, and I'm going to make it public so that I can hold you accountable later on. And, and yes, that's what's what makes you great, Jonathan. That's what makes you great. <laughs> We uh, are doing the stinger on uh, LaMelo Ball because he won Rookie of the Year, which is amazing. We were going to do the stinger on Devontae Graham, which I don't know if that's that's some kind of metaphor for the season that we were (laughs) going to talk about Devontae Graham and ended up talking about LaMelo Ball. But LaMelo Ball won Rookie of the Year. This is breaking news, so we're getting information as we talk about it. Jonathan, before we started, you looked up the votes. Um, They weren't published when we were talking about it before, but I think we got some vote numbers. Is that correct? Yeah. So the NBA posted, oh, on Hornets.com, they posted the whole, like, press release with a bunch of the break stats yeah and then you know stuff to get their word count up so for their like seo and all that stuff you gotta get you gotta hit that google number you know yeah exactly uh so there were 99 votes from sports writers and broadcasters either of us and of those 99 you didn't get a vote they sent i did not get they sent me a ballot um i didn't fill it out because i got stuff. oh that's where that's why there's not 100 (laughs) it's not 100 that's the one but out of the 99 votes ball was on every ballot Eight, or Lamella's on every ballot. 84 of them were first place votes. 15 of them were second place votes. I'm assuming of the 15 second place votes, all of them were probably Anthony Edwards number one. I feel like those two are probably pretty head and shoulders above anybody else. So yeah, but Lamella Ball commandingly a commanding win of Rookie of the Year. 84 of 99 votes is... Yep, that's I mean, over 84%. That's more than I thought because of the time that he missed 21 games in the season. Yes, you're right. Yes. Played around 50 games. I'm kind of surprised that it's that much of a win mm-hmm. over Anthony Edwards. What I'm not surprised by is that he won Rookie of the Year. I mean, yeah, but for two people who watched Hornets games all throughout the season, he was electric to watch. He was, I don't know what else a rookie could do besides, I guess, play more games to get Rookie, <laughs> to get rookie of the Year. Maybe try not breaking your wrist next time, Melo. Yeah, you know, like be more like bone dense is, is all I'm asking you. <laughs> drink some more milk. Um, <laughs> drink some more milk if you get anything out of this podcast. <laughs> I think it's important before the injury, before All-Star break, I think it's really important to say that he was leading 
all rookies in points, rebounds, and assists. And had that happened before? I'm like, uh, it, no. So he was like first in total, and I don't have all the stuff now, but he was first in like total points, rebounds, steals, and blocks, or not blocks, uh, assists. And that was, I think, the first time ever for that particular like random, like arbitrary collection of stats. I think there was another one where it was like, if you just took the averages, he was the first, he was like the second one to ever do it or something like correct. that. That's correct. So he didn't start until February and he was the only player in the last 60 seasons to lead all rookies in total points, rebounds, assists, and steals heading into the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one player who had done it previously was Oscar Robinson. Yeah. Pretty good company to keep, I would yeah. say. He's you know? yeah, he's. He, it's funny because I feel like Oscar Robertson, not to sidetrack this too much, but doesn't get talked about a lot as like among the NBA like elite, like all time. What a podcast and, saying. Do you know who doesn't get talked about a lot? Oscar Robertson. And, but and I, you know totally what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like you only see Oscar Robertson's name when people are like, "Is like this is the first time this has happened since Oscar Robertson." And it's always Oscar Robertson, but whenever people talk about like best players ever, it's always like Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and they're obviously like good. You know, it, there's oh, nothing yeah, wrong with that. They're good, but it, Oscar it's Robertson doesn't ever like approval. <laughs> <laughs> but Oscar Robertson doesn't really get mentioned in those conversations, even though, like I said, every time a record gets broken, it's always like this hasn't been done since Oscar Robertson. When you hear Michael Jordan's the best player of all time, how do you react? Uh, I react by saying uh, those people probably didn't see Oscar Robertson. And then it's like, maybe that guy was pretty good. Maybe he was. LaMelo Ball, 15.7, 16 points a game, six rebounds a game, six assists a game, 44% from the field. I know people like it when I read at, read stats. Um, <laughs> uh, 35% from deep. 35% from deep. For the most of the season, he was over 40%. Um, and yeah. just blew people away with his ability to hit threes. Because when we drafted him with the number three pick in the 2020 NBA draft, all I heard about was, oh, he's never going to be able to hit the long shot. He's never going to be able to spread the field. And he did it this season. He I know, struggled I... after the, after the uh, wrist injury. But Which... for the most part, he held that percentage. Yeah, I saw in multiple places that people were like Ben Simmons shooting. And it's like, he's, well, he's made, well, for one, he's like actually made three pointers before. So he's already ahead of Ben Simmons. Um, and obviously, I mean, he made, so the shooting percentages are kind of skewed down because he only shot 24% from three on somewhat limited attempts after the wrist injury. And you could just tell when he was shooting, like he couldn't really follow through. So I don't really pay any mind to those shooting numbers after the wrist injury because he wasn't like all the way back yet he was trying to you know he was trying to push himself to get back in time to help the team make a push but he was clearly not ready to be shooting threes with any sort of like volume or consistency but i don't expect that to hinder him like long term nothing sells me on a player more when there's like the camp releases a report that says that LaMelo ball Mm. is like trying to get a second and third opinion on the wrist so that he can come back sooner. He's like itching on the Mm. sideline to get in there. You see them cut in the, (laughs) it's not Fox sports South anymore. It's Bally sports or whatever. Bally. They, they cut to the bench and he's like hands on the back of his head, like really looking like he wants to be in the game while he's sitting on the bench injured. Like the whole time. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Give me yeah. all those reports. And it looked like you know, I agree with you. It looked like that wrist wasn't healthy. You saw him messing with it the entire time. There was that incident with the referee, where <laughs> the referee, like I guess, incidentally hit his wrist, and he like yeah. smacked him away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love stuff. I really do love he, the like tough guy stuff. You know? In his exit interview, he was asked about his wrist and if it affected him, and he said and he kind of like showed. He's like, yeah, I couldn't really like snap it. And he was like trying, like showing how he was like, like he was like flicking his wrist, and he's like, "But it's all right, it's getting better." So he basically just like straight up said, "Like, yeah, I couldn't really follow through all the way, so I was just kind of like flipping it up there." And that's sure. expected when it's been immobilized for the better part of six weeks. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like what I'm about. To, what I'm about to say has I have no expertise in it at all. That was bullshit. But he has that re- re- that relaxed release of his three pointer, where yeah. almost all the action is in the wrist, almost yeah. like, and which may be why he was so accurate at the, in the beginning of the season. So mm-hmm. I can understand that a wrist injury wouldn't allow you to follow through that kind of stuff. Yeah, not worried about it though. Take a minute to talk about the the also rands, Anthony Edwards, Halliburton. Um, Halliburton. I don't know Minnesota Timberwolves game. Did you catch a bunch of those? Not, I mean, believe it or not, I did not see many Minnesota Timberwolves games. Um, I did try to watch them some at the beginning of the season on League Pass because I wanted to see Anthony Edwards. But the thing, kind of like what you said earlier, I was a little surprised it wasn't closer because I I think, because you know, it's like, it's very narrative driven who wins these awards. Mm. And luckily, Melo's narrative, the narrative at the beginning of the season of like the Melo balls, that guy's incredible was strong enough that people didn't really notice what Anthony Edwards did after the all-star break. Cause he, Anthony Edwards averaged 24 points a game as a, you know, as a rookie for the last second half of the season. Um, that's most years as rookie of the year worthy, but I think everybody had already decided that LaMelo ball was rookie of the year. So it was kind of too little too late, even though it probably was enough to justify at least getting a few more first place votes. But I think with how bad the Timberwolves were, and how strong the narrative was at the start of the season, I just don't think anybody... I don't think there was anything anybody could do to win Rookie of the Year. And it's kind of proven because Anthony Edwards did about as much as a rookie could do and not win Rookie of the Year. Sure, sure. And I, again, just like you, maybe caught a handful of Minnesota Timberwolves mm-hmm. games. Honestly, when I've read other people about the <laughs> about Anthony Edwards and the Minnesota Timberwolves, what they kept saying is that the the Timberwolves are feeding him the ball. They were like, yeah, oh yeah, like making him the focal point of the offense. And it didn't matter a lot about wins and losses, although they had a little spurt of wins right at the tail end mm-hmm. of the season. That they were trying to get him more involved. Lamelo Ball didn't start until February on the team, and then although he he you know brought the ball up as a point guard for the most part. There were other people who were focal points in this offense for most of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, your Terry Rogiers, your your uh, Haywards. There were other people trying to get shots up, and I mean, I mean, his connection with Miles Bridges. We were talking about trying to figure out good nicknames for, for that connection. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody said Lamalage. I don't know about that one, um, but yeah, Airbnb was great. I like that one. And that we point. get if we never sniff the playoffs, and I hope we win the championship. But if we never win the play, uh, sniff the playoffs, but I get to see Lamelo Ball and Miles Bridges 
alley-oop for the rest of my life, I'm good. <laughs> We're good to go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's at the end of the day what this is, right? We watch this for entertainment. Um, we have no actual real-life, like, stakes, like, skin in the game here. Um, with, by the way, the other name that you brought up, Tyrese Halliburton, man, did he fall off, like, the face of the earth in terms of hype. He got injured, right? He did. I mean, he was hurt, like, on and off throughout the year. Like, he missed a, he, there's a couple instances where he missed time. He was really ready, like, right away. And people, because, and I don't even know, he never, like, did anything mind-blowing. He just had some, like, good plays at opportune times and was, like, better than expected. And then he just, like, stayed exactly the same all season. And then, so he kind of lost a bunch of, like, he averaged 13 points a game pre-All-Star break, 13 points, five assists a game pre-All-Star break, and 13 points, five assists per game post-All-Star break. And he shot a little bit worse. It was like he came out hot, which I think is kind of what is wasn't surprising if you really, like, delved into him as a prospect, is he's just, like, a steady player. And when right. he's steady and all the other rookies are bad, it's like, wow, look how good he is. And then when the rest of the rookies start to, like, find their way, it's like, oh, he's just steady. Regular old boring Tyrese Halliburton. And he's still a good player, not to, like, discredit him. He came third place in Rookie of the Year vote. Two-horse race after, like, January. Let, let me ask you about kind of the ceiling. What ceiling do you see for LaMelo Ball? Which is obviously an unfair question because he's had <laughs> a rookie season where he didn't play 20 games. And, you know, you don't have a crystal ball. I wonder to myself <laughs> as, yeah, and, you know, Chase Whitney would sit here and tell you that he's the second coming of MJ. He's he's bought in totally, and I'm stoked about him as well. I just wonder, you know, level-headed commissioner, Jonathan DeLong, <laughs> where, I, where do you see him in the future? I I think if he, like, if his development, like, I, I think, so basically based on his, like, basketball like genius like i think he'll just get so much better just from experience no matter no the thing about him is like you always talk about like you have to work you have to work you have to work and obviously you do but Lamelo ball i feel like is so smart as a basketball player that he really wouldn't have to work and just the experience that he gains that he like he would become such a smart basketball player that even if he didn't practice like at all which we know it wouldn't happen because how much he likes to play he would still get like massively better to answer your question though how like luca and James Harden, you could just give them the ball and be like, just we'll just give you the ball every possession and you just do good things. And then whenever you're on the court, we just like can't be stopped because there's just no way to stop you. Because if we try to stop you from scoring, you pass. If we try to take away your passing lanes, you can just get by people and score. Um, he's right. got to get better at finishing at the basket, which I think we saw kind of happen as the season went on. Like he got better at getting fouled, got better at finishing through contact and stuff. But without good he was as a scorer like surprisingly so how quickly he got good at scoring i think he has that chance to be like average in like the mid like low like mid 20s with like eight or nine assists a game and just be like the engine for the offense and i don't think we'll be as like superstar centric as like the mavericks are where like the rockets were when they had harden but i think he has that ability thing and be he's got to do he's got to do the Giannis like I need 20 pounds of straight muscle, you <laughs> yes. know, added in the next two years. Yeah. Which I think you... he knows because he's, he, he says that a lot too. Like, obviously the, like the coaching staff, like James Bregan, Mitch Kupchak said, he's got to get stronger. And he always says, you got to work on my body. Got to get, got to get stronger. Dude, so. six, six. If he puts on muscle too, yeah. there's, there's no stopping him. Yeah. I have a question for you, Jonathan DeLong. The Boy. next Charlotte Hornets all-star is who? 
So I'm, I'm not saying that it's going to be next year because who knows, you know, if yeah. you had to choose one Charlotte Hornet, who would be voted onto the all-star team? Who would it be? It's probably LaMelo Paul. Gordon Hayward. The only, the only competition I think he has is Gordon Hayward, unless Miles plays like he did for like that two week stretch, like all the time. Jonathan DeLong continues to neg Terry Rozier. And I don't know why <laughs> I don't understand it, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm it's, surprised yeah. you didn't say Devontae Graham. So <laughs> Devontae Graham will probably not ever be an all-star. That doesn't make him num- my, my favorite. Does it? That does not hurt his him in my eyes. Um, I, I think you're right. I think you're right that he has the best chance of hitting that potential. Um, yeah. As much as I love Terry Rozier as well. And could I see think Terry Rozier is like third next year. Like, if we have one next year, it'll be Terry Rozier. If we have one in the future past next year, I think it's going to be LaMelo Ball. Yeah, and I think Gordon Hayward is in that same category for next year too. Like, cause, and it depends on how Gordon Hayward approaches the game. Cause, and this has been one of his things for a lot of his career of like disappearing. That happened a lot in Boston. But if he stays yeah. aggressive and he's averaging in like the mid-20s like he was for a little while and the Hornets are winning, I think he has a chance to, to be an all-star. With Melo, yeah. is that like the mel like the the draw to Lamelo Ball is so strong? But I do think it, it. I mean, we see it influencing the voting here. Like I said, if you just look at it like statistically and in terms of how players played, like Anthony Edwards has a much stronger case than somebody that got almost no first place votes for Rookie of the Year. But the like the Lamelo Ball like pull the draw is so strong that I do think it would influence like even just the coaching selection to. Um, if they're trying to fill the roster, if the Hornets are winning games, and we've seen in the past that like coaches want players on good teams. If the Hornets are like sitting in like the five seed or something like they were for a while this year, they're gonna feel compelled to give them an All Star because we saw that with the Heat a few years ago with Goran Dragic, popular. Real player. quick, when you say pull, like because it, I agree with you, Lamelo Ball has a pull. Expand on that a little bit. Do you mean like his his star quality, like his magnetism? Yeah. Yeah, I think like so too. He's got a huge, you know, social media following, which means something to somebody. But yeah. he's also on the court. He has a lot of charisma. Yeah, it's, and that's what it is. It's like he is productive, but he's also like productive in a way that's very attractive. Like people showy, like to watch showy. it. Those, yeah, those underhanded full court passes. And that's kind of like and like the antithesis. Like the opposite is like Gordon Hayward. Like Gordon Hayward put up like. It was aver- I think he averaged the 20 points a game for the season. And, like, part of that's because he was hurt for the last half of the year. But I don't think people, like, noticed that Gordon Hayward, like, had a really, really good season because he's just kind of boring. He just shoots a bunch of, like, eight-foot jump shots. And then... That's what I love that. I love that about... <laughs> like, they're squared up to. His shoulders are always squared. We don't have to get into Gordon he Hayward. Averaged, he averaged 20 a game and shot 41% from three. And it was just like, eh. Yeah, couldn't make it for the playoff run, though. Um, yeah. I definitely want to, since uh, Chase Whitney had to work tonight, I wanted to to quote his article that he published today, and I quote, We could go all day with these wild stats. Per 36 minutes, only six other NBA players met Ball's stat line threshold. 19.7 points, 7.4 rebounds, 7.7 assists. Luka Doncic, James Harden, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Russell Westbrook. Ball led the group with two steals per 36, which includes the greatest basketball player on earth, a formal MVP, a future MVP, and the current MVP. And a guy who has averaged a triple-double three times. Is that good? (laughs) End quote. I I think it's good.
Yeah, I think it's good, and I think Chase Whitney really likes LaBella Ball. I, he does, I, I, and also props to Chase for writing this literally 11 days ago. <laughs> no shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> did he really? He really I did. I bet he, he did. did. He actually <laughs> wrote this 11 days ago. Writing the obituary. <laughs> before he wrote, he wrote this 11 days ago. And I... In the article, and I think it's important for us to mention, he mentions the other two Rookie of the Years that the Hornets have had. Larry Johnson, shout out Grandmama, and Emeka Okafor, who, for some reason, I just feel like could have had a way better career. Yeah, you know? it, well, that's what happens when you draft, like, a four-year player that's a center with, like, the second pick. It's like, look at this guy. He comes in, like, averaging the double-double out of the gate. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, that's also his peak. Yeah, and he may or may not have been, like, 31 when he got drafted. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Little fun fact about Emeka Okafor, uh, his career high in points per game was his rookie year. And it was the second highest he averaged in rebounds. So, way to peak early. <laughs> that is the definition of it, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for, for having me on and pivoting topics. He is the commissioner, Jonathan DeLong. I am Zachary Brown. And this has been The Stinger. See Peace out.